Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. My name's Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about cybersecurity. On Sunday morning, the 5th of March, Hospital Clinic, a leading public hospital in Barcelona, revealed it had fallen victim to a cyber attack. With its website down, surgery and appointments were cancelled, staff had to resort to pen and paper, ambulances were rerouted to other hospitals, and hackers demanded $4.5 million to secure compromised data. Coming up on this week's podcast, we'll hear from several cybersecurity experts on how and why attacks like these happen and what can be done to prevent them. I'm joined today by Catalan News journalist Killian Shields. Hello, Killian. Lorcan, how are you? I'm good, Killian. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Let's get up to speed. Why are we talking about cyber attacks today then? Well, Hospital Clinic, as you mentioned, has suffered what looks to be a pretty severe cyber attack. A group of hackers essentially has infiltrated their systems uh, with a ransomware, which is a particular style of cyber attack. And this has prevented the medical staff from accessing their own internal data, their own internal systems. And this has essentially caused havoc within the hospital. Uh Uh, Sensitive patient data has been effectively stolen. And that has a dual problem. One, the medical staff can't access it, which means they might not know what exactly the situation is with this patient right in front of them. And then two, the cyber criminals are threatening to release it, which is obviously a bad thing for people to have their medical records published. That's the, that's the ransom side of it. And, and how has it affected the hospital's operations then? Yeah, so uh, as you can imagine, it's it's causing a bit of chaos. Uh, I mean, in the first week alone, it's been two weeks now, but in the first week, Hospital Clinic's medical director, Anthony Castells, said that over 300 elective surgeries and 11,000 outpatient visits had had to be postponed, uh, as well as 4,000 blood and urine tests. And now into the second week, things are starting to get a little bit closer to normal? Exactly, yeah. The hospital's getting back on their feet. We've got a lot more of the scheduled operations taking place. The vast majority, 90% of scheduled inpatient surgeries are now back going ahead. A bit under half, 40% of outpatient surgeries are going ahead. And 70% of specialist consultations are also back taking place at the hospital. Killian, the people behind this attack, uh, the perpetrators, have demanded 4.5 million US dollars. Yeah, like eye-watering sums, isn't it? It's this group, Ransom House. That's the name of the group of cyber criminals that are that have perpetrated this attack. And in the week of the attack, the Catalan Telecommunications Secretary, Sergi Marsen, he explained to the world that uh, the group, Ransom House, had been in touch with, you know, the authorities, the, the, the hospital itself, made their demands clear. In response to that, the Catalan authorities have also made it clear that they have absolutely no intention of paying this sum. He said the government aren't going to pay a cent. He was very clear about it. Very, very, very clear. Marcin added that the criminals told them that they were able to access four terabytes of leaked data, but the authorities were not sure which exact data that is. This week, Killian, you've been speaking to a lot of cybersecurity experts. We're going to hear from some of them. One, David Lopez, uh, actually had something very interesting to say when it comes to paying these ransoms in general. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he is an expert at the cybersecurity company IPM, and he explained to me the importance of not paying these kinds of ransoms whenever they 
they pop up. There's a couple of different reasons why it's very important to not pay because, well, one, paying the ransom encourages these types of attacks. It shows Mm -hmm. that it's a profitable endeavor. Crime pays. That's (laughs) it. Yeah, exactly. But also by paying, this would give the criminals more money to then fund their operations, more money to uh, create more sophisticated malware to carry out these kinds of attacks. That's true. You're essentially financing the, you know, improvements in their tech or whatever. This is exactly it. And it's just a bad route to go down. It's probably going to cause more problems in the long run. Another expert that we spoke to this week is Mark Torrens. He is Associate Professor at the Isare Business School here in Barcelona. And he told us what Hospital Clinic can do now, uh, also why hospitals are being regularly targeted, uh, and first, how a cyber attack like this works. How it works is, well, as you know, we are living in this hyper-connected world, right? And these organizations have uh, thousands of computers that are connected through the internet. So whenever there is just one single computer that has some kind of um, way of uh, entering from third-party malware, then then there is that risk, right? Once you are within the system, then it's uh, pretty easy to to put uh, malware, in this case it's uh, ransomware, which means that it's a kind of software that is encrypting all the files within the network of computers. The data cannot be read if you don't have the necessary security keys. So if you don't have the key to decrypt those files, uh, the system becomes unusable because the software cannot access the data. We usually we are not prepared for this type of attacks and it's a huge amount of data. So these are not just uh, small databases that you can restore with a backup copy or something like that, right? The amount of data that hospitals have, is that one of the main reasons why hospitals are so regularly targeted by these kinds of cyber criminals? because they are hosting this sensible data on patients. So it's uh, data that has a lot of value and it's, it has a high privacy uh, value in there, right? And it's also kind of a public entity, right? So we are talking about uh, a service that usually is offered by a country, right? By the public sector. So if you get that, that data, you have a lot of uh, power not to negotiate and to ask for, for money because the, the, the whole country gets in, in attacked, you know, so to speak. It's not just a private organization that affects one business, but it affects the population, right? It's public data at the end of the day. Is there any way that they can work to recover the data of Hospital Clinic without paying? I think what they are doing is trying to monitor what is happening on the internet, right? So they are trying to monitor anything that can be suspicious of, of uh, some kind of system trying to deliver that data to the public, right? And try to, to delete it as soon as it happens. But it's not easy eh? because it's something that it's complex and we don't know where the data is exactly, of course, etc. So I think it's a situation that it's uh, serious and very uh, difficult to, to solve. What can we as an individual do in order to minimize the risk? The probabilities that this will happen to your hospital or your organization are quite small, but if it happens, the damage is huge, right? So it's this type of trade-off. But at the end, the solution is to invest more, right? With uh, There are companies that are specialized in protecting those uh, systems organizations, and it's a matter of uh, investing. There are some simple techniques like phishing, uh, which are used uh, quite extensively. 
and that is pretty easy to avoid if people would know about them, right? This is those websites that emulate some other kind of website and then you put your credentials to log in to the system as you always do, but actually that website is a copy of the original one, right? This is just uh, for hacking in banks, etc. And this is something that with a little bit of uh, education and information on that topic, it, it can be uh, very easily solved. But at the end of the day, I think we have to, to see it as, as in the offline world, right? We are not always 100% safe on the offline world, right? And in uh, computers and in, uh, in networks, it will be always the same. There will be always some kind of risk, right? It's impossible to mitigate at 100% all the potential risks that we may be in. Mark Torrens from Isare Business School, our thanks to him. So, Killian, we've seen this cyber attack has caused chaos in the hospital, operations cancelled, a huge million dollar ransom. But according to Ransom House, they're the good guys. Like, you know, they say, okay, we've we've discovered that there's a bit of a gap in your security system. So for a small fee, uh, we can uh, let you know how to fix that and we can return all your data for you. You know, we're just doing a, a public service here to protect the patients and everything. So it's yeah, it's some sort of mental gymnastics that they're doing for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's it, there's this concept of white hat and black hat hackers and white hats. It's like a cowboy movie. The white hat means you're a goodie and the black hat means you're a baddie. So um, yeah, they think they're they're white hats, but it's obviously being malicious in terms of uh, the fee that they're asking for and the damage that being done to the hospital. Yeah, preventing patients from getting seen by doctors. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily think that that's a the job of the good guy. <laughs> so these are Ransom House. Uh, ransomware attacks, Killian, tell us what they are. Yeah, so ransomware, it's, it's, it's a specific type of cyber attack. And it's, as is in the name, Ransom House. It's sort of the modus operandi of that particular group. Um, within this arena of cyber criminality, there are various different groups. David Lopez told me there's roughly 32 known large groups in operation at the moment. And ransomware is just one particular style of cyber attack that can take place. Essentially, hackers find their way into the system of an institution, a company, or even an individual. This could happen on a personal level with with one person's personal laptop. And essentially, they encrypt the data. Uh, They make contact with the person whose data it is and essentially hold them to a ransom. Say, okay, I will only give this back to you if you pay me this amount of money that, I, that I'm demanding. Depending on the context, it could be more damaging to the victim here to either have their data withheld from them or even potentially published. It, for the criminals, they will take up whichever avenue is more damaging to the victim and in theory, which will yield them better profits. And speaking of the criminals, tell us a little bit more about uh, who these people are, the, the, the kind of people. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to refer to David Lopez in the interview that I did with him. He explained to me that it's essentially, it's another form of organised crime. Obviously, there's many different groups, but some of them may have come from different realms of organised crime. David Lopez suggested maybe even arms dealers, maybe drug traffickers. But you have to kind of imagine here that cybercrime... For the world of criminals, uh, they view this market as more profitable and less dangerous Mm -hmm. because these people, there's nearly never arrests when it comes to cybercrime and everything is done remotely. This can be done from countries where it's difficult to detect them. So we here in Catalonia, a hospital in Barcelona is being attacked, but this crime could be carried out anywhere in the world. Mm. Uh, 
it could be the case that it could be next to impossible to actually find them. And, and when the story breaks or when, say, for example, Hospital Clinic realised on that sleepy Sunday morning that that their systems had been infiltrated, that's obviously not the start of the Precisely. The yeah, a ransomware attack, it doesn't happen in just one day. This is a process that takes quite a while. David Lopez told me that commonly they begin by uh, phishing. They'll get access to the system and then it'll take days, weeks or even months for them to find the important data and then with whatever tools they have to then encrypt that important data for the victim. After they've been inside the system for however long, the very last phase of the attack is when the victim realizes it, finding out that their data is encrypted, that they can no longer access it. This week, we also spoke to Tomas Roy, who's the director of the Catalan Cybersecurity Agency. I mean, one of the interesting things he said was because the volumes of data that are involved are so large that actually once the hackers even kind of try and get hold of it, it's, it's hard for them to move it, to publish it. Um, so he argues that there is that window of opportunity that um, through collaboration, he was saying with international law enforcement agencies like... Europol and Interpol that, you know, authorities sometimes have the opportunity to block the hackers from getting access to the data. Kenny, the Catalan Cybersecurity Agency have published some interesting stats about cyber attacks in general. Yeah, so this is going to give us a bit of a picture on where we are right now with this whole world. Cyber attacks, they're getting more popular. There's been a 50% increase in 2021 alone compared to the previous year. That may or may not have had to do with the vast majority of the world spending a lot more time online. Plus, more than half of these attacks were directed against small and medium-sized enterprises. Globally, a ransomware attack occurred every 11 seconds in 2021, a frequency that is expected to increase uh, to every two seconds by 2031. Uh, So this is a problem that we can probably expect to get a bit more familiar with. We're probably going to hear more and more about it in the coming years. Looking specifically at Catalonia then, in 2022, according to the Catalan police, the Mossos de Squadra, there were 68,000 cybercrimes. Around 600 of them were ransomware attacks, like like the one at Hospital Clinic. Yeah, to me, that's a bit mind-blowing, like only 1%. That kind of shows how, how many more are taking place. I mean, ransomware attacks are probably the biggest you know they're the most dangerous they have the biggest power to do damage they can stop services at a hospital for example they can yield massive ransoms that are not paid in many cases but it's only one particular style of cyber attack that can happen in the past week, we've also had it confirmed that Killnet, which is a different group of cyber criminals operating from Russia, pro-Putin group, have perpetrated an attack on four different Catalan hospitals, uh, Girona's Hospital Trueta and three in Barcelona, Hospital San Pau, Baidebron and indeed Hospital Clinic. Uh-huh. And this is a very different style of attack that they're doing. So it's not encrypting data and calling for a ransom. But instead, it's called a denial-of-service attack. And this essentially means that the criminals have flooded the operating systems of these websites with so many requests that has just caused the websites or their services to fail, to crash. This has obviously brought about problems for people who legitimately need to use these services. But it's not anything that's going to bring money for the criminals. And this group, Killnet, they've become very big in the online world over the past year or so because it's widely reported that they're a pro-Putin group. They have become more and more 
active in attacking particularly NATO countries and Western institutions that have been helping out Ukraine by sending arms or aid to Ukraine, which obviously is being invaded at the moment by Russia. The Catalan Cyber Security Agency confirmed that disruptions took place to four hospitals on January 31st. They didn't specify which hospitals, but um, a local newspaper, Arla, here did. Another very high-profile example of a cyber attack that took place here in Catalonia is the Autonomous University of Barcelona, UAB. It was targeted about 18 months ago, uh, the attack forcing them to disconnect internal networks and switch off the campus internet. Cristina Tomás-White spoke to the university's Jordi Hernández to find out more. Barcelona's autonomous university, known as La Autónoma, is easily one of Catalonia's largest, with over 55,000 students. Located in Mediaterra, just outside Barcelona, it was also the target of one of the first major ransomware attacks in Catalonia. It all started on October 12, 2021, Jordi Hernández, an IT official at the university, tells me, when they realized that one of their virtual servers had stopped working. Well, it actually started before then. Hackers had likely infiltrated their servers eight to ten days beforehand. As soon as the university noticed what was going on, they got in touch with cybersecurity experts and instated a two-day blackout in an effort to contain the damage. There was absolutely nothing on computers or networks for two days, Hernández says. Most classes were still able to go ahead, but they were old school, only with chalkboards. The Catalan Mossos Police and a cybersecurity company that had been brought in to help out were soon able to determine, based on the clues the hackers left behind, that it was a ransomware group called PYSA, an acronym that stands for Protect Your System, Amigo, that had encrypted 8 million of their 12 million files. It's hard to know who these people are exactly and where they're based since there's a huge amount of turnover within cyber criminal groups. According to Hernández, both Mossos and the cybersecurity experts told them they look closely at the language and the syntax they use for clues as to where they're from. But the university never had any direct contact with them. They knew from the very beginning that they were not going to pay up. According to Hernández, the amount they were asking for, 3.5 million in bitcoins, was leaked to the press by someone who claimed to have had their sources. But the university had no intention of giving in. Instead, they used backups, which they have stored on multiple servers. And none of the 8 million files that had been encrypted, Hernández says, were confidential. As a public university, a lot of it was already publicly available. How they're structured, how they manage their budget, what services are outsourced, etc. But it still took them a while to get back on their feet again. It wasn't until right before Christmas that La Autónoma was able to get the virtual campus, accounting system, and academic secretary's management system up and running. If there's anything they've learned from this experience, it's the importance of investing in cybersecurity and continuously updating their systems. Two-factor authentication is key to preventing hackers from accessing information they shouldn't have. But it's also important important for people to keep an eye out for phishing and to be careful with what they see online.
Thanks very much to Christina and to Jordi Hernandez. Protect your system, amigo, the name of that hacker group. I don't know. Uh, these, these names. <laughs> <laughs> so it took UAB four days to secure a valid backup. I suppose that's the, that's the key thing. Once they're able to back everything up, that's, you know, they can start again. Uh, the Wi-Fi network was back after one week. But, I mean, the attack did have an impact on, on various services for months, you know, in terms of, I don't know, even getting a book out of a library and stuff. Uh, took them until early January until that was up and running again. In the end, the Catalan government gave an extra 3.5 million euro to the university, over 2 million euros to spend on new computers, and a half a million on specialised cyber attack response support. So I suppose even if, you know... Uh, these public companies aren't paying out ransoms still a cost to the the public purse as well in terms of security yeah absolutely i mean just to update these systems buy new computers as you said ones that are not infected by the malware but even this is this is a reactive kind of thing obviously but we're probably going to see more money spent on proactive protection uh investing more in cybersecurity firms because it's probably going to be more and more necessary within in the coming years well, well tell us a bit more about like what the what about the future we've already seen that the experts expect attacks to increase yeah exactly i mean all of the cybersecurity experts that we spoke to in the past week they all agreed the same thing that these attacks are going to get a bit more common as as more and more of our lives take place online everyone agreed that there's no way of being 100 safe this is a way of life that we're pretty much going to have to learn to coexist with one of the experts david lopez compared it to covid it's just something that we're going to have to adapt around we're going to have to assimilate into our lives and i guess the answer is to protect ourselves in some way so investing in cybersecurity, educating ourselves as well i mean Companies and institutions, they're able to invest in things like firewalls to protect themselves a little bit better. Individuals can too, but education is a very important thing for everybody to know, both within companies and you and me talking here. Just being able to recognize scams, recognize phishing attempts, just to make sure that we're as much as possible not left vulnerable. Mm, if you're not sure, don't click on that link. For sure, yep. And two-factor authentication, it's a bit annoying, but... Uh, That's one of the most important things, though. Yeah, I uh, mean, if, if... As Jordi Hernandez mentioned from UAB there. Everyone mentions it as well. It's, it's, it's one of the best ways that, especially individuals, but even it can take place within institutions as well. It's one of the best ways that we can protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. And very importantly, always keep backups of your important files and data. We nearly lost past episodes of Filling the Sink when I dropped my external hard drive. But uh, don't worry, folks, it's all backed up. All good, all good. <laughs> Time now for our Catalan phrase. What's it this week, Killian? This week we've got jugar al gat y la rata. To play cat and mouse, uh, I suppose. Very similar, yeah. I mean, that would be sort of the English translation. Literally, it's the cat and the rat. The cat and the play cat and the rat. Uh, yeah, it's a children's game where, as you might be able to imagine, one is chasing the other, trying to catch them. And we picked it this week because it's sort of comparable with the image of the authorities chasing the cyber criminals. It makes sense. Juga al gat y la rata. To play the cat and the rat. Dr. Seuss would be proud. Yeah.
That's us for today. Thanks again to everyone we spoke to this week. Thanks to yourself, Killian, for joining me. Thanks for having me, Lorcan. Thank you, especially to you for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, please do. We'd love to hear from you. The email address is fillingthesink at acn.cat. We're back again next weekend with another episode. Until then, from me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catland News, bye for now. Adeo.